You're listening to the Horsefest podcast with the founders of Horsefest. I'm Thea. And hello, this is Heidi. Each podcast is dedicated to you and your passion for everything horse. We'll be speaking to elite riders, equestrian experts and special guests, all focused on bringing you inspiration, insights and learning in a way that our horse tribe will enjoy. This episode is really great. Um, This week, John T. Evans is talking to Steph Croxford and Sam Turner about their background, their horses, how they got to where they are today in terms of riders, and also what they're going to be doing for us at Horsefest. Just love Sam and uh, Steph. What's fabulous about them is they're just both so relatable. Uh, They're really down-to-earth people, and their horses are normal horses that we can relate to. Um, So Steph made uh, Grand Prix fame on a Dutch driving horse um, who was never expected to do dressage. And Sam started out her Grand Prix career with Billy Wiz, who was a 14-hand gypsy cob. It just shows you with a bit of effort and dedication that you can really get wherever you want. So um, amazing. Can't wait to speak to them. Yeah, I um, really enjoyed listening to this one, actually. There's a couple of awesome quotes. And uh, Steph was talking about when she started riding and um, she didn't actually start riding until she was 26. I mean, just it's incredible. I mean, she's just had uh, her 50th birthday. So um, and happy birthday. We did say at the time, happy birthday, Steph. Um, So that's not very long to get to the levels that she's got to. And her mum said to her, you can have a horse when you can afford one yourself. That's very familiar, I'm sure, to most of our listeners. And um, also there's a lovely quote from Sam just talking about how she's going to help people at Horsefest. And that's the that's the key, really. All of our headliners are absolutely focused, not on themselves at Horsefest, but helping all of the Horsefest audience to become better riders, better horse owners, etc. And uh, Sam said it's really nice for people to obviously be able to see it and then go home and have a practice and also to have some fun stories along the way. And she's going to cover some of the things that she's gone through that haven't been so easy because it's not all perfect, is it? It's not all picture perfect. There's a lot of hard work and there's a, uh, a lot of things that don't go right. And she's going to share that, um, but share her tips to help um, horse people like us, everyday questions. Awesome. Let's have a listen. Yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another one of our interviews. Uh, we're doing several of these in Ramps Horsefest to try and give people an, uh, an idea of what they can expect and to also to meet some of the people who will be demonstrating there. So I'm delighted today to be joined by Stephanie Croxford, uh, International Grand Prix dressage rider and famous for horses such as Mr. President, Mr. Hyde and Mr. Ben. Um, as we all of which we know very well. Um, I'm also joined by Sam Turner. Sam Turner is a dressage, a Grand Prix dressage rider and biomechanics coach. Uh, well known for her relationship with, hang on, I've got to read this. Give me, give me a minute, okay? Cuffstown Rumble, also known as Billy Wiz. Um, so we'll find out much more about Mr. President, uh, Mr. Hyde, Mr. Ben, Billy Wiz, as we're going along. Uh, but welcome, both of you. Nice to meet you. Thank you. Nice to meet you too. Um, so we're going. We're here to talk about Horse Fest. Um, I'll kick it off straight away. Any either of you been to a, a festival? What do you think, Sam? 
Um, I haven't been to a horsey festival, so I'm very excited. Um, I've done a couple of music festivals, so to have the two together is going to be really exciting. Horse Fest is going to really bring something special to people. The ability to stay for the weekend, so uh, it, the 23rd to 25th of July 2021 is being held at Western Park, and um, it's going to be a, give a, a, an amazing experience to people actually stay for those few days to really get grips with meeting friends and seeing people that they uh, associate with and, and they've got something in common with and then of course they'll be learning about horses and seeing a lot of interviews and um, demonstrations as we go so it should be great fun don't you think Steph? Oh yes, I mean I'm looking forward to taking the uh, the the family, and we've already you know decided that we're going to spend the whole whole weekend um, in the horse wagon with the kids and, and viewing it as a, a holiday weekend. Now, am I right in thinking you're doing a part of there with your daughter? Yes, <laughs> it's moving. Uh, uh, it's proving challenging when we are practicing on two black, a black pony and a black horse at seven o'clock in the morning at the moment with an arena that is uh, has a black surface and it's dark. Okay, so quite a lot of black going on. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Sam, we're talking about we've talked uh, we've we talked to people about what they're going to be bringing to the audience at Horse Fest, the kind of the kind of things that are very much relatable. So uh, you you are quite well known for your relationship with I'm going to get it wrong now. I call him Billy Wiz. Um, that's easier to say. Um, uh, your relationship with Billy Wiz and. Um, how that can probably um, broach subjects uh, that people may well be very aware of with their horses, so everyday horses, as it were. Yes, I think it's lovely for me because without the support that I had with social media and the fans moving up the levels with my cob, um, for me to be able to show people and give that back um, I always wanted to be on the professional horses and, and to be one of those riders. And I had a few thousand pounds to buy my little cob. So I think it's lovely for, you know, some people that might not have the money for what I call the fancy horses, all that kind of support and, um, you know, uh, sponsorship, I suppose, um, that you can have fun on whatever you have with time, effort, um, and support. So hopefully um, what I will show with my cobs um, will give other people a bit of inspiration as well. And that, that kind of thing is really important, isn't it? To be able to show people, like you've said about, you know, how their horse can do it. Uh, and, you know, really important to give people something to take away with them. Yes. Um, I mean, we were lucky we got to Grand Prix but it was in our own style. Um, we could do all the moves. Putting it all together on the day was never um, the easiest. 
But if I'd have waited another year to have got it right at the age that he was, I don't know how long he would have lasted. And it was the last year that we were just starting to get to a point where he was getting sort of 18. And, you know, that build as well it wasn't easy. Um, but I think for everybody to see, whether it's prelim, intro, whether they want to move up the levels or just be maybe more balanced and have a better understanding of their riding for hacking, um, I'm hoping that I can just give them the, the confidence that, you know, you can have a go on whatever you've got. Steph, we've got several panel discussions and um, that is a really good, uh, a good chance for people to get up close and personal, if you like, and see a group of people and be able to ask a particular question that may well be relevant to what they what they need to know about their horse. Is that something you're really looking forward to? Yeah, I, I think it's interesting. I, I think whenever I'm uh, helping other people, I wouldn't say I train or I, I teach, I'd say sort of help other people with their with their horses all i try and do is is put myself in their position and think what would i do if i was sitting on that horse or on the ground or how would i deal with that situation myself and then like say i just put myself in their shoes um and so hopefully that will come through with the panel of discussions you know if people are you know at, at the, the q a sessions really I think you are both very humble. Um, you have reached the top of your sport with horses that probably um, give all sorts of challenges um, um, and you've done it several times over. Uh, and so to be able to reach the top of that sport is going to give people real inspiration. They'll be coming along on the weekend, at the weekend, sorry, at the Horses weekend and seeing people that, you know, I I was reading in notes that, you know, uh, somebody, one of you started riding at riding school, I can't remember which one, sorry, um, you know, and things like that. And that's going to be really apply to the people who come along and see you, don't you think? I, I didn't start riding till I was 26 and I, I ended up having, my mum always said, you can have a horse when you can afford one yourself. And so it took me to the age of 26 and I ended up getting my, my now husband's old hunter that just about killed me most days so it was a you know a, a, a battle of wills at the end of the day and it was a baptism of fire my story um my family bought um, a home in the country and decided that it'd be nice to have horses um didn't know much about them so within a matter of weeks got foot rotten colic um i was I was four years old, so um, my mum thought it would be nice for me to learn at a riding school. I think my first few rides was in one of the little wicker baskets, um, and then it went on from there. We got a family pony who was extremely naughty. In fact, he then got sold onto the circus, so that probably gives you all you need to know. Um, but we we had a lot of fun. Um, so the majority of my riding, yes, was riding school. We only had the horses for a little while. My mum had a nasty accident and they, they had to be sold. And so then it was a case of any ride that I could get, I would help at the local riding stables in hope that I would get to ride a horse bare back to the field. Um, and maybe we could get a canter up the canter track hanging onto the front of the rug. Um, so yes, I'm the one with the riding school experience. <laughs> 
And um, tell us a little bit more, maybe, Steph, about um, the Pas de Deux. Um, what could we expect to see? Uh, probably uh, mother and daughter arguing quite a lot. <laughs> um, so she's. Um, we, we started to put little ideas together, but you've got to remember Annabelle's pony, um, all Annabelle will enjoy is doing dressage is so last season. So really, Annabelle, all Annabelle and the pony want to do is jump. So um, she's starting to do some being eventing next year. Um, and obviously, Mr. Ben, is, um, he's Grand Prix. Um, so um, we're probably, it's going to be a challenge trying to find things that we can do together. So, um, like I say, we, we're having um, a rather exciting discussions at the moment, and, and also it's about music choices as well, because obviously we come from different generations. <laughs> and how old is Annabelle? Annabelle is 13. Right, so it will be very relatable to people uh, with their, their daughters or their sons. Uh, oh uh, yes, uh, absolutely. And the um, the Annabelle has a habit, like with most mother and daughters, um, and doesn't listen to a word I say. And clearly, I know nothing. Um, but she will listen to every other person on this planet. And Sam, we must just touch upon the uh, biomechanics element of what you do, um, because uh, biomechanics, of course, is all about. Uh, forgive me, but uh, rider alignment and so on. Uh, so being aligned properly with that horse is going to be really important, whatever the level you might be at. Yes, it's very interesting because I used to look at a lot of the top professionals and I'd look at you know, somebody like Steph and think, wow, you know, how do they get the horses to move like that? And it took me quite a while to kind of understand that a lot of these top riders have the biomechanics naturally. And for me, I'd got to medium and I couldn't half cast to the right. Now, I was very lucky that I found a biomechanics trainer um, and they said to me, well, how do you expect your pony to step right if you're sitting on your left seat bone and hanging off one side? As soon as they straightened me up and gave me the tools um, and understanding of how to get body flow left to right, I shot across the arena and burst into tears and went, do you know how long it's taken me kicking his back to try and get this? Um, so that's where I kind of got interested in the biomechanics. And I'm very passionate about being able to help people that, like I at the time, thought that these top professionals could just do it. How do us, you know, not so professional and that don't find it so easy, how can we learn? And so learning how for me to break it down to bite-sized chunks so your average beginner or somebody that's struggling at a certain level can have a neutral and body feeling to be able to get that movement. It's very special, but it takes a lot of time and practice. <laughs> I think it's really, uh, it really strikes me speaking to several people who are hopefully coming to Horse Fest. Um, how much everyone is in it to help people. And that's really fantastic. Um, so what, what we can expect is a weekend of help, basically. You know, people, people showing people what they can do, how they can improve on things, and being able to help how the individual does something with that horse. And so that's going to make the communication with that horse all the, all the better, I hope. 
Yeah, it's teamwork. Exactly. Um, exactly. And I think you know, Steph will probably agree with me here that you know the teamwork, the social media side of things, and all the people that support you—that's what helps you do what you do. Um, so for us, all of us to be able to give back to everybody at Horsefest, um, some support too. And again, with the whole weekend, that we can all join in and interact, whether it's at our demos or whether it's you know meeting and chatting to people on the actual you know the time that we're all there. That's going to be really good fun for all of us. And what do you think about the uh, the whole festival um, idea of it all? The ability to maybe stay the evening, stay at night, the night, and have some maybe I think there'll be some live music some nights, and maybe a maybe a drink or two. Who knows? What do you think about that, Steph? Oh, I mean, that is what my son is looking forward to. He's hoping that there's going to be a little fair, like. Sometimes at, um, uh, we, we were lucky enough to compete uh, at Bolsworth International. And it, what was special to, uh, you know, at the time, I think he was a seven or eight-year-old, was the fact that they had a fair there. He wasn't remotely interested in the horses, um, remotely interested in what mommy's doing, but the fact that there was lots of things that he could go off and ride on and, you know, enjoy. So, so I'm hoping that, that it's the all-encompassing family uh, weekend. That it, you don't have to be horsey to go there. Obviously, it does help, but there will be aspects of the family that aren't horsey. So what we've got to make sure is that it's a weekend for everybody to enjoy, not just the horse lovers. That's what that's what we're looking forward to, and 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 really hoping we can embrace is a is a in essence a camping weekend away for all of us to have fun. It it will be, I'm sure. And um, I've spoken to Charlie Unrin, for example, and he's um, a performance psychologist. And he has, um, is a member of the Mon Pentathlon team and has actually a, a performance psychologist for the Skeleton Bobsleigh team. And so there will be lots to, for people who are, aren't necessarily horsey about how they might approach certain sports and things like that. So, Sam, we're, we're talking, we've talked, I've heard a lot about the in-hand kind of work you're doing and you'll be demonstrating that on the day or on the days. Tell us a bit more about it. Yes, so I thought it would be nice to bring Cedric. So um, Cedric is my second cob, and I have learnt a lot of in-hand work with him. He's um, he's quite a good, fun character, and it will be really nice to show people from the real basics of in-hand, silly things like how to hold the reins, what stick to do, right up to the more advanced work, whether it's pirouettes, half passes, and working towards like half steps. Um, and I'm very fortunate that Cedric come up the level quite quickly because of my in-hand. Um, I wished I'd learned some of this with Billy Wiz. Um, it probably wouldn't have taken me quite so many years, but it would just be nice whether somebody's a happy hacker and they want to be able to open a gate better, being able to transfer the in hand, then moving it on from in hand to ridden will be really helpful, whatever level the rider. Exactly. So again, all things that are really relatable, things that people can take home with them and use on their horses. 
it's nice for people to obviously be able to see it and then go home and have a practice. Um, and also to have some fun stories along the way, you know, some of the things that I've gone through that haven't been so easy. So Steph, um, coming to you, what kind of things do you hope to bring to the audience at Horsefest? Um, I think so, a bit like Sam, that bringing, uh, just showing that it doesn't matter what the, the the background of the horse is, whether it comes a driving background or Irish cob background or, you know, you, you, you know your, your, your couple of thousand pound horse, that it doesn't matter what the raw material is in the, in the beginning with the right training and, um, and the right connection and partnership with that animal that you can, you can get to any level that you you choose to i think um and um showing that the importance talking about perhaps the importance of hacking out as well and doing different terrain work not just doing schooling work all the time that you know the whole point of having horses to actually enjoy your partnership with your horse and and grow together um and um, and then probably finish doing you know perhaps just doing some um some a part de dough obviously with annabelle and some ideas you know floor plan designs I, I do quite a bit of um, uh, a dressage floor plan uh, designs and clinics and things, which it makes it you, all the way through the levels. You can make it, you know, a, a really interesting freestyle, a bit like ice skating, um, even though you've only got a set number of moves that you're allowed to do with it within um, a test environment. So, you know, we'll, that's, you know, throw some shapes in there as well and make it a bit interesting. And also show my probably less conventional that I teach the more, like I say, I, I seem to have this ability I can't ride any other level. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I, I'm really looking forward to the fact that things like that can be relatable to other people. I'm really looking forward to the fact that the audience can really learn from it. Uh, and that should be a really inclusive uh, feeling for everyone. Um, and I must just pick up, you've both said it um, at various times, you've both said something like, Irish cob or Irish bog butter or something like that. You've said that a couple of times. Now, I yeah. have to admit that um, one of my uh, phrases that I call art, some to art sometimes is an Irish cob. So I refer to him as my Irish cob, which is probably a bit unfair, but kind of tickles me a bit, which, you know, he is really an Irish cob. <laughs> I'd like to thank... Stephanie Croxford and Sam Turner very much for joining me this afternoon and um, hopefully we have learned a huge amount about what we can expect at Horsefest. Um, again, we will be running from the 23rd to the 25th of July. Uh, so come along, enjoy yourselves, have a great weekend. Thank you very much, girls. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Horsefest podcast. We'd love you to subscribe, rate and review the podcast and share it with your horse tribe. Keep tuning in for more episodes with elite riders, equestrian experts and special guests.